Before we get started, we just want to say it's a bit weird to put a trigger warning in front of a lighthearted F1 podcast, but we're doing driver performance reviews, and we're deciding to use stressful corporate terminology, which, I mean, I get anxiety about my own performance reviews, so maybe you don't want to listen to this episode or just skip that bit. Anyway, you've been warned. Who should get promoted? Who should get put on a performance improvement plan? And who we think really isn't cut out for this? Welcome to a very special episode of Tinfoil Helmets, your occasional spicy hot take roundup of all the latest F1 rumors, all with the almost believable conspiracy theories to back them up. Everything here has been carefully researched for hours to make sure it is totally founded in logic, reasoning, and truth. Or not. Who knows? This is going to be a spicy episode, I hope. This one's going to be fun. Yeah, so the other day I saw on Twitter that uh, Sergio made some sort of comment like, oh, next year I want to go one step better on the podium. And I happened to message Dominic and I said, hey, I think he has a couple more steps in between, you know, just going one more step better on the podium. Like, hey, can you actually qualify somewhere near Max and fight him in a race? Uh, And that led us to having a discussion of, should we do driver performance reviews? And we decided yes. But before we get going on that, let's talk about some of the drama that's been going on. So the first piece of drama is how Ferrari fans have finally found a new deep vein of hopium. Um, They have hired a new set of sim programmers and this is going to change everything. It will unlock the power that is captive inside the Ferrari team. And this is how they will research to the front and be successful. I mean, if we could just capture the energy of December hopium of Ferrari fans, we would be able to solve all the energy crises in the world. Indeed, this is this is an untapped resource that was the only way, given it's the week of COP28, to solve all of our energy needs. Exactly. Uh, Fernando and Max want to do the Le Mans 24-hour race together. How fun. I think this could be really good, actually. I'm not sure who the third driver should be, except maybe Yuki, because he's lightweight and keeps it down for them. Uh, uh, what about what about Lewis? Oh, I, you couldn't do that. I don't think that would work. The vibes would be all off. I, I think it's either got to be like, or, well, then if you're talking about vibes, then we have to throw Daniel Ricciardo in there. But he's too tall and too big. You need Yuki. Apparently, there's a whole weight limit thing, and you need a low, you're like, apparently Max and Fernando are a little bit big, and Yuki's really light, and that keeps you under the whole three-driver weight limit, and that's why you want Yuki in there. There's a three-driver weight limit? I, I, I assume that's the case, because they were talking about the fact that they need a small driver. Oh, well then, yeah, Yuki it is. Uh, so I thought that was interesting, uh, but I would be the I'd be here for that, I, especially in a Red Bull um, uh, track only special. It would be a Aston Martin Valkyrie, wouldn't it? Well, I don't think you could do that now. You could have done that when it was Aston Martin sponsoring Red Bull, but now they've devoured that and they've got their own track special. That's clearly the one it would have to be. True, and then uh, the Fernando Red Bull rumors could finally be true. Exactly, because we know that's where they've come from. Right. Uh, yeah, Lewis doesn't feel anything anymore. You put this one on here. Yeah, post-race, uh, somebody was asking about how does he feel about next year slash how does he feel about the car? And he says, one thing that's become true this season is I don't feel anything anymore. And I can't find the video and I can't find the clip anymore, but it was there. All I have to say is, Lewis, we know how you feel. We know how you feel. Uh, and then uh, my favorite bit of the last couple of days was the uh, Toto Wolf and Susie Wolf uh, have been... Maybe sharing too many secrets about what's going on on one side of the paddock versus the other side of the paddock in the form of pillow talk. Yes, this appears to have been both. This is very like open AI where it happened and everything was going down and then it's all closed down again. We've had 
the rumour that something happened where saying Toto had suspicious and uncomfortable body language. I believe it was Christian Horner who spun that one out. I think there was also the thing of he seemed to know about Red Bull breaking the cost cap before anybody else did. That was the, that, that I did see that bit, but that doesn't quite line up with when Susie Wolf took on the um, oh, okay. F1 Academy. So I don't think that that really fits. But you have to remember that also the lawyer that used to be at uh, Mercedes went to be the lawyer for FIA and they left. They left unceremoniously last year. Very suspicious. Uh, but then we had the FIA say they were going to investigate this. And then we had all the teams come out and say, actually, same, we didn't say anything. The same yeah, exactly the same thing. And we didn't say anything, which is real suspicious at best. Uh, all the teams except Mercedes. True. They had their own statement. Right. Because I have a theory. You have a theory. Yes, because if you remember from the very end at Abu Dhabi... Uh, Muhammad Ben Suleiman, the chairman of the FIA, president of the FIA, leader of the FIA, uh, made some sort of comment about possibly bringing Michael Massey back into Formula One. No, Michael, that is not right. Exactly. Uh, And then all of a sudden we get this whole thing of, oh, there's improper relation or there's improper things going on with um, Susie and Toto. And then through all this, the FIA actually looks the worst in all of this. So if you're trying to get rid of a guy who's trying to bring back the guy that, in theory, ruined your last season you were competitive, this is how you do it. I, I can almost subscribe to that, especially when uh, MBS also has the whole thing where he said nasty things about women and they shouldn't be driving and they have no place in motorsport previously. Uh, so I think so. I think this is I, I can I can subscribe to that. But I would like to add an additional level of spice. I firmly believe that despite the fact that this has been shut down today and the FIA says it's all good, nobody did anything bad, that one of them, meaning Susie or Toto, will be out before the new season starts. And, and that the second part the second part of this, sorry to interrupt, is that this is actually the long play for the FOM to get Toto to be in at the FIA because Toto knows business. And if they can have their person running the FIA, we can create a truly synergistic multi-level uh, business conglomerate to overtake motorsport across the world. And uh, Dominic, what will you do if neither one of them are out of their positions come the end of day, January 31st? I will eat my hat. Uh, which one specifically? Because uh, for those who don't, people who don't know you, you have, I would estimate, about 30 hats, if not 40 hats on the wall behind you. It's 120 hats. Okay. Uh, do you have a favorite, a t- most tastiest one picked out? No, but I, I will, I will, I will, I will, will wait for that moment for me to pick it out because I can't pick which one of my, which one of my children is my favorite. So we, we shall see. But I stand by that, and I would like to modify your date. It will be before preseason test, testing starts in the end of February. Oh, giving yourself even more time. Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, so let's get into some driver performance reviews. Now, other podcasts might rate a driver one through ten or do A B C D letter grades. But that's not how we roll on this podcast. Dominic and I are both firmly ingrained in corporate America, for better or worse. So we need a more corporate performance review rating system. Uh, Neither one of us has worked at the company currently known as Meta. I believe that's correct? Correct. Yes. Uh, So we've stolen theirs. Um, For those of you who are fortunate enough not to work in corporate America and have all these wonderful terms... They, they decide to rate their employees um, different ways. Uh, pretty much the top you can get is redefine. That means you've redefined your role. Uh, there is also it greatly exceeds expectations, then exceeds expectations. 
Uh, meets all and meets most expectations are kind of where the bulk of everybody should land or would land. Then there's meets some, and then there's does not meet any. And pretty much, if you don't meet any expectations, you're probably about to get fired. Indeed, you'll be placed at least at first, because it's corporate America and we can't just fire people because they might sue us. Uh, unless it's a layoff, then it's okay. Uh, we have to put them on a performance improvement plan. Uh, and that is an important part of the process of documenting before somebody um, chooses, what's the term that they use? Uh, to be separated from your employer, which I think is a horribly weird term. Self-selection. S- self-selection. I think it should also be noted that we are not, we, we are fulfilling the goal. We're not stack ranking. There is no top and there is no absolute bottom. There is a bell curve that goes across all of these people. Um, and so there are some in the middle that are very similar and there's some at the top who are unique and special and there's some at the bottom who are unique and special. But there is no, there's no forced ranking and no forced curve here. But we feel that this is the most appropriate way to rank the drivers. And uh, we are going to cover everybody, but we're going to cover who we think are kind of the top, bottom, and middle. Uh, we're going to cover them the most, and then we're just kind of do a rapid-fire round uh, of the people we didn't talk about. Correct. Correct. So should we start with our top driver or our top yes. drivers of the year? Yes. Well, it, it's got to be – got to start with Max Verstappen. I gave him a yes. redefines. Yes. I also go with redefines. I feel he really did uh, redefine what it means to be an excellent Formula 1 driver. Yeah, uh, he, I mean, the fact that he has two of the longest race-winning streaks in one season, I think cannot be either said. Uh, he would have had the championship wrapped up by the summer break if we do count back to the points people actually earned, not the mathematical points. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah. Uh, and in the spirit of um, thinking about how we provide this feedback, it's not just a rating like you see in the magazines. Um, we need to be clear about some areas for improvement, and we Very need some true. areas that maybe go outside the box in terms of how you think evaluating your performance. And I feel like the two key ones here is what missed opportunities did Max have this year? And that really falls into his ramp up. He was, he was slow at the beginning of this season. He had a, Sergio Perez had the upper hand and uh, Fernando Alonso was right there snapping at his heels for those first three races. Uh, and I feel that to really redefine across the entire expectation and period that formula one has existed he really needs to be going and winning on day one and every race throughout the entire thing and he just missed it at the beginning he just wasn't quite there he did still leave the world championship from start to finish though yes but he he had those few races where he only came That's second I, I would say that he did have some misses in qualifying this year um mm-hmm. you know and i think singapore is definitely a blemish on his record a place to look to improve for in the future so next time singapore you see a singapore come up uh yeah, keep that in mind, Max. We, we we should we should acknowledge that the team failed him in that case too. He should really have capitalized more on it, but the team overall failed. That's true. Um, I, I think the other a- aspect here is that we should consider how he has contributed to others. It's not just the success of Max Verstappen, and really your standout moment, really, Max, was the fact that you spent time talking about the fan experience and you really took that to heart and made sure that you were projecting the needs of the fans across. All those different opportunities and using your power as a redefining Formula One driver to think about what it really means to be on the fan experience. Not to mention, he seems to have quite a good level of emotional intelligence when he talks about, like, things with his dad and also things with uh, Penelope and um, his partner who I'm currently spacing on. um, We're PK's daughter. Kelly PK. Kelly PK, who we, yes. And, you know, his relationship with Kelly PK and also, by extension, Daniel Kvyat. So... Overall, very good, Max. Solid year. Yes. Uh, the next one on our list is uh, a certain uh, Sir Lewis Hamilton. 
Um, my rating here was that he kind of met all the expectations, right? This is Lewis Hamilton. He has high expectations, but I think he he, he actually managed to successfully meet all of those. I think that's true. Uh, I would go with meets. I could also go with, I think I personally wrote down exceeds expectations just because that car was such a crap car to drive throughout the year that I think he definitely got all he could out of it. Um, you could also say that he definitely did not meet any of his expectations, you know, no wins for this season. So Lewis probably himself a, a met some. Yes. And, and, and this is where you have to be very careful about what, how you evaluate yourself and provide the context of why we're giving this performance review. But he, he did a great job bouncing back from uh, being beat by George on points technically last year. He thoroughly mm-hmm. beat George this year. Uh, mm-hmm. He finished P3 in the standings. Yeah. Uh, I, I think one of the transformative things for Lewis this year was the fact that he actually was actually really very consistent. Last year, he was very peaky and trophy, which I think was... It kind of had the cycle with his mood and in a bad mood and he didn't get it and a good mood and he got it. This year, even when he was in a bad mood, he kind of managed to hold on to it and turn that around. So I think, you know, that's a that's a key part, part for you, Lewis, to keep going. Uh, I think, on the other hand, you really need to do better at qualifying. You're qualifying for which you have been renowned as the best over your entire career and it was not your year. I think you should focus on that and consider placing your energy in improving your qualifying. I would agree. I think that's a great spot to go. Maybe, maybe a little bit of teammate mentorship as well as, um, you know, imp- yes. but, but we'll get to some of George's yes. shortcomings. Yes, yes. But, this is this is Lewis's review, not not George's. Right, right. Uh, Fernando, I gave him a, a meets all expectations. Okay. I, I went for exceed expectations. And I think there's a little, I think expectation is the key word here. I've, I had low expectations of Fernando Alonso because he pick a team and then drives a crappy car. Uh, but he was he he was helped in many ways because of the good car. But then he, even not just having a good car, he kind of went above and beyond with how he drove that and his attitude. I'll actually go. I'll actually agree with you on exceeds expectations. I'll reverse my my ruling because you know you have to think this is maybe the first time we've actually seen him mentor uh, another another driver, and you know that's not something we would expect from Fernando. So that's definitely an ex, an exceeds expectations there. Indeed, and I think in hindsight, it is a key contributing to others checkmark on on his review. Uh, I think, you know, you really think about how he's embraced when he had those experiences driving in, uh, endurance cars, and now he's transformed that into thinking about the whole team, including the boss's son. Yeah, I think one to look at if we're looking to promote in the next couple cycles. Indeed, indeed. And his brain is always working. It's either the next turn, the next stop, or even his next girlfriend specifically a rumor about that but it's always thinking good work you got to work on your own brand indeed indeed should we move on to the bottom should we go on to the bottom this one may take us time because we have to be very specific about some of the feedback here that's true you you don't want to end up in a lawsuit situation exactly exactly uh so should we roll with number one here on our list this is not to say he's the worst performer it's just that's how we've chosen that it feels the worst one we want to get through as we're handing these out yes uh sergio perez i went with a meet some expectations yes i also am aligned with that meet some really uh i think the challenge for sergio is there was so much opportunity that he had placed at his feet um i think before we get into some of those things that he really could have done he 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 actually in hindsight had pretty good in-race performance if you look at when he was on a sunday in the car he did a pretty good job 
the majority of the time. He would come from the back and end up at the top somewhere. And still somehow be a half a second slower every lap than his teammate. Exactly. It's, it's, I, I still don't understand that how that was the case. And I was listening to a podcast this week, the Beyond the Grid podcast, which I regularly pimp, and they should probably give me some advertising dollars for. Um, but there was a Danny Rick interview, and it was really interesting where he talked about getting into the RB19 and driving around Silverstone and being win with four hundredths of Max's time on the first time in the... Well, not the first time in the car, but the first um, opportunity to do a fast lap in that car. And when you see that, that's, that's, that, that really says that Sergio did not capitalize on his full opportunity that was available to him. Yeah, and I think that's really why we're giving him the rating we're giving him because, Indeed. you know, he had some good performances this year. Let's not forget, he, he won two races, but his teammate won a lot more. Um, <laughs> we don't want to compare you, Sergio. We don't want to make you feel inadequate. But two versus twenty plus should think about that. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. It's it's and it's a situation kind of what we talked about at the top. It's like yeah, he says he wants to make take the step to the next level. He wants to be promoted to the next level, but you're not even close to already operating at that next level. If if he was always second to Max, maybe better than Max on a day on a racetrack. Yeah, let, let's let's talk about let's talk about getting Sergio to the next level. But like, he's got some work to do to even be considered to move up to the next level exactly he has been placed to think about job titles and maybe your level within the business he has been placed on effectively the same pedestal as max he's been given all the same opportunities all the same tools and technology and materials and yet he has failed to capitalize on those exactly that's really that really shows that it's it's that he is not taking advantage of the opportunities that he's been and that and that's why he gets a meet some yep uh, his feedback for the areas that he really needs to focus on for next year, qualifying, uh, he just needs to be up there with Max. He just needs to be right behind him every race. There's no reason why he shouldn't be. Yeah, and, and uh, I would say if, if he truly wants to, because, you know, performance reviews are not just about dogging somebody. It's also about helping them achieve their own goals. Exactly. And if he does exactly. want to achieve his goals, he has to start being able to fight Max for, for race wins. Yes, he also has to re- develop the ability to not drive other people off the road when he's in a stressful situation, which sure. he seems to do a lot. There's, they were never, they were not all of them were his fault, but he was always there when there was a whoopsie going on. He really needs to work on that. Uh, number two on our list of lower on the bell curve than we would like, one Charles Leclerc. Yes. I, I gave this gentleman, as much as we love him, a meet sum. I, I just think he missed so much this year. I gave him a meets most, and I think the thing that took me from meets some to meets most is that not only was he doing his own job, he was started to do the jobs of others. When you think back to Abu Dhabi, when he is trying to make strategy calls for himself to best do things for the team and move things forward, sure, it might rub the manager the wrong way, and that's probably why he's on this end of the bell curve. He is, he is trying to take on more responsibilities. He is trying to do more work. He, he has his heart in the right place. And that's why I gave him a meets most. If we're going to talk about things he could improve, the fact that a Charles Leclerc per, uh, poll is probably more meaningful to Max Verstappen than Charles says something on what you really need to improve. Yes, yes. I would like to, I would agree that he has, he has taken on more than his job entails. But the greatest challenge that we face is we can't just do it all ourselves. We have to work with the team and help those people who are not 
meeting those expectations that he has to rise up. And the problem here is I feel like Charles really took that on himself to do their job rather than helping them do their job better. And, you know, sometimes that's needed, but you've got to be very careful with that. He should focus on what we've hired him for and what Ferrari think a driver should be driving the car. I mean, we are giving Javi a does not meet, right? Yeah, I don't even think we gave him a performance review. We just want to kick him out of the building. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, We've been documenting that throughout the entire season, so we don't really need to think very hard about it right now. And and I think if there's one thing Charles needs to think about moving into 2024, and if areas to improve, is not just focusing on that singular one-lap pace, but thinking of the the whole race pace uh, as, as a whole. It's great to be able to put in the super lap time and time again, but you know one of the performances we talked most about in 2022 when we didn't have a podcast was the fact that in Mexico when Max Verstappen ran those medium tires and ran the same lap times for like 40 laps. And there was a yes. whole thing of, don't worry, his tires will fall off eventually, and they never did because Max focuses on the race pace. And if this is somebody uh, you're trying to compare yourself to, you have to think about this. So the Ferrari 2022 Mexico pit wall is in the same room waiting for the Ferrari 2023 Abu Dhabi safety car team. Yes. Okay, great. Got it. Uh, You know, I did realize there is one analogy. There was another driver on the grid who has a very similar kind of pattern in their performance, and that's Nico Hulkenberg. Qualifies pretty well. Doesn't really pull it off in the race. No. Finally, the last race we're going to talk about on the bottom end of the bell curve? Yes. Yeah. uh, Sadly, I think it's got to be Lance Stroll. Yes. Uh, but I gave him a greatly exceeds expectations. Yeah, I did too, uh, because he is amazing. Uh, and as we are giving him his performance review as his team, he's amazing. He's perfect. Everything is fantastic. There is nothing that he needs to change. I find his sermons about uh, what we can do with the car uh, truly inspiring and make me want to do a better job designing the F1 car. Exactly. And even when he, he let his passion show by punching his performance trainer. And I think that just shows how much he really cares about the mission of this team. Yeah, and I, I think it was great to be, um, to, you know, just show the capabilities of the car throughout the season. But, you know, we'll, we'll let Fernando put it on Q3 and really be up there. And we'll let, uh, and Lance did a great job showing how well it could actually drive in traffic and move up through the, through the race. Exactly. He was contributing to others by giving them opportunities they wouldn't otherwise have because of his greatness. Exactly. Okay. Needs feedback are middle ground people who we really feel don't have anything really meaningful about, but there are a couple of things that we would like to point out about. Uh, George Russell? George Russell, yes. Uh, I gave him meets most. I also gave him a meets most. Uh, I think we should acknowledge that he is considering himself uh, the one of the most beautiful team members uh, of the entirety of the F1 field. Uh, we also appreciate that he was practicing uh, calls mid-race, even if he didn't get any of them really right very much. Yeah, while we talked about Charles and being able to, um, you know, start to take on other roles as you wish to move up in the organization, um, George also, I think, tried to take on other roles, but did not quite have the same success as as Charles did. Indeed, indeed. Uh, if, if, If it was successful, it was his fault. And if something broke and it didn't go according to plan, it was somebody else's fault. I think that's something he really needs to learn. And I mean that very seriously, not just being hilarious on a podcast. Uh, Yeah, there's definitely two ways on that. Because you think to like Japan and it was, oh, I'm going to go for the one stop. And then why am I getting passed by everybody in the last 10 laps? Indeed. And it was, yes, no, not acceptable. Uh, Uh, And then 
I'm sure there was one crash at least this year that he was responsible for, and I can't think oh, at of least. I can't pick one out in a race in my mind. Uh, I mean, guess Vegas for sure. Um, I was going to say the one where he accidentally threw away most of the race by crashing into the wall on the penultimate lap in Singapore. Oh, that's a good one. Yes. Uh, which the wall jumped out at him. He just didn't expect it to be there. Dominic, Dominic, uh, Dominic. He went for the gap. Yeah, right, right into the wall. You know, uh, no, no, no. Did, did you not see that meme? He no, crashed into the letters G-A-P in Singapore. Oh, he, he did went go for, the, for gap. the gap. Yeah. He went for the gap. Yeah. Uh, where, where he could be a clothes model as well. He could go to the gap. Yes. Uh, I would also say he needs to work on his uh, uh, F1 intro poses and, <laughs> and try not to... Uh, Make yourself look like Christ. Yeah, he is not the Messiah. That's yeah. Max. Um, the, the other comment I think uh, George needs to learn uh, is that he needs to accept that driving as a team does not mean uh, that you have to, that Lewis has to let him let him pass. He just, driving as a team means you work together to score the most points and it doesn't matter who's in front. Absolutely. This is We've talked about it before, but this is absolutely going to be a case of if Mercedes is able to find their way back towards the really pointy end of the field, Lewis and George, with how they currently are racing, will just take points off each other. Yes, and take points off the WCC. Mm-hmm. Uh, should we move on to our last driver that maybe needs some special feedback? Sure. Uh, this is going to be bot ass. Um, I gave him meat some, but I feel that Andrew took some interesting insights. Here. Yeah, I, I would also give him a meat some as the driver. But he is exceeding my expectations as the man. If you haven't gotten a chance to check out uh, Valtteri Boltas's uh, November prostate cancer awareness calendar, uh, that is a full 2024 12-month calendar featuring pictures of uh, Boltas's naked behind uh, in different scenarios, it is it is truly a work of art. It is truly a work of art. It is. It is beautiful and it is sold out, which means we can't obtain it but we can see the pictures on the Instagram. And they are uh, everything you'd hope they would be. They are peachy. He should also consider leveraging this and turning it into starting an OnlyFans, attract, for OnlyFans account for his off-track endeavors. Sure. Okay. Do we have any more comments before we go into a kind of a quick fire notable comments uh, for other drivers? Yeah, we, we can. Uh, I think we handled Botas pretty well. Uh, yep. Yeah, we can just go down the list. He handled his ass very well. Aye. Uh, so, number one, Oscar. Uh, I gave him a greatly exceeds expectations. I gave him, I think, an exceeds expectations. He is the only McLaren driver to stand on the top step of a podium in the last 10 years? When did they last win a race? Uh, they're in 2021. They Danny did. Rick did it. Danny Rick did it. That's right. My bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, still, keeping Lando off that top step. Yes. Uh, Lando? Uh, Lando, I gave a meets most, I think, oh, being overshadowed once the car had race pace by your rookie teammate was not a good look. Yeah. Lando had some good races, but Oscar had some more standout performances. Yeah. I think that's a, it's an interesting case and I'd really, I think I'd need to sit closer with his team to sit down and work out quite what was going on. I gave it meets all expectations because I think he did meet the expectations for him. Sure. Uh, K-Mag? Uh, K-Mag, uh, Yeah does not meet yeah i get it does not meet does he wasn't he wasn't there uh not good uh, i mean and no, nothing like having somebody come out of retirement and just exactly wipe the floor with you exactly speaking of coming out of retirement and wiping the floor with k-mac uh, the hulk uh meet some yep i think he did i think he did an okay job he was fine i nothing mean you come meet. out of retirement and you beat your teammate what more can we ask for other than actually having some pace 
Exactly. Uh, Alex Albon. I, we were on the bubble about talking about him, but at the end of the day, we decided to put him in this section. Uh, I had him exceed expectations. Also me. I, I He did exceed expectations. He drove the wheels off that car. And the fact that we now have classic Alex Albon defending in our vocabulary, I think, is fantastic. Yes, beautiful. Uh, Logan Sargent? Uh, met some. He knows what a kilometer is. That is progress. I would say he does not meet. I don't think he met any of the expectations. And the only reason, the only reason he didn't also get fired is Williams doesn't have a, a bench full of drivers ready to go, unlike uh, uh, AlphaTauri. That's true. Speaking of all the AlphaTauri drivers, Yuki Tsunoda. Yes. Uh, what did we do for Yuki Tsunoda? Yuki, you, we both gave him meets all. Yeah, we all love Yuki. Yuki's great. Um, he had some good races, had some bad races, I'd say, but he constantly meets all. Yeah, I, I do think Yuki needs to make the decision about whether he wants to be a food critic or an F1 driver. I really appreciate the F1 driver who is just happy being like a middle-of-the-pack F1 driver and has a hobby outside of Formula 1. My only concern with taking that as a perspective, as the driver, is that it might mean that you lose your seat when you should probably keep driving. You kind of have to, you kind of have to, you yes. can't bring your authentic self to work. That is true. But then you won't be like posting about how you're going to like Oxford Business School and rethinking your whole life. Yeah, I'm waiting for that from Lance. Anyway, uh, next Alvatore driver, Mr. Daniel Ricciardo. I, I said meets most. I mean, coming in mid-season saving yourself or hurting yourself uh, to not hurt another driver um you know looking good on that test day in the red bull uh i, I think he met most expectations yeah for me i gave it meet some i feel like there was and maybe this comes back to my whole challenge but there are high expectations for mr ricardo uh and i'm not really sure he met them but the only reason i'm kind of on the bubble on that is i don't think he got the full opportunity that's true. Uh, and I think also if we truly believe what like Christian Horner was saying about how like broken Daniel was at the start of the season, mm-hmm. we might even move him up to meets all, but we don't have that full yeah. picture. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Liam Lawson. I put meets all. Yeah. I, he was such an interesting character. He did meet all expectations, but I don't, I don't, I'm trying to work out whether we just had low expectations, whether we should have had lower expectations and he exceeded them, or whether we should have ha- had higher expectations and he should have met some. But he was really interesting, and I think he should be an F1. I, I think the fact that he was just literally thrown in an F car, or an F1 car pretty much right before qualifying, he got like one test session, and didn't do that bad that weekend. And in the five races he had, he actually said like, oh, wow, he looks like he could be in this in in this car all full time. You know, I think it was I think it was good. Yep, I agree. Uh, Mr. Debris. Uh, did not meet. Yeah, did not meet. Uh, moving on, uh, Esteban Ocon. Uh, I really think we should just talk about both Alpine drivers at the same time. Oh, because yeah. they both get the exact same rating. Yes, uh, two Ps in the pod that pretend that they're different, but they are actually exactly the same. Uh, just one shorter than the other. They, they are the Spider-Man meme of them pointing at each other. Yes, yes. Yes, I agree. Yeah, they, yeah, uh, they need to be better teammates with each other. Stop hating on each other. Uh, mm-hmm. Think of the team overall. Uh, so I think for that reason, I think we went meet some for just all of them. You, you know, as you mentioned that, I'm, I was reflecting on Esteban with Fernando, Esteban with his problems when he was in um, the Force India. And the fact that he has actually the exact same problem is that he has this like, no, I'm going to run you off the road kind of attitude. And he tried it with Fernando 
And all Fernando was like, just laughed in his face and kept on doing what Fernando does. But I feel that's not what Alpine really needs, especially with the point that they have the challenges with the performance of the car, with the team going to get the money. They all need to sort their lives out. I mean, thinking back to Australia, where they took each other out. Indeed. I've heard that that was a genuine accident, but you're never quite sure. Yeah, but when you're starting... I believe it was a genuine accident. I really do believe it was a genuine accident. But if you're starting right next to each other with like a three lap to go or two lap to go shootout, however much it was at like the end of that red flag period... You gotta be like, do not touch. True. True. Uh, yeah, and that that is all the drivers. Yep. But what about the teams? What about the teams? All right, uh, do we want to do this in uh, constructors order? No, I think we've got it in this list. We'll just go through it in the, in the list order, I think. In the list order we have? All right. Yep. So, um, you, want, you want to go from the bottom of the bell curve or to the top of the bell curve? Let's, start, let's go start at the top. Start, end on a low note. All right. Red Bull, I think they redefined for this season. I I think they were more greatly exceeds expectations. They 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 had done such a great job last year that they capitalized on that. And I don't think that the the behavior of the team, the performance of the team this year, was a step change from last year. See, that is the true question of performance reviews. Red Bull did everything Red Bull needed to do, but everybody else just seemed to fall more behind. So are we going to punish them on their performance review for everybody else being crap? No. And having recently been through the whole performance review season, it is often, you know, a statement to reinforce that it's your current year's performance independent of any previous years. So maybe I should accept that. And if I take that in that context, it should be redefined. Right. Okay. Uh, McLaren. Greatly exceeds expectations. I would agree with this. Um, Slow start to the year. I think this is one of those, if you bring down prod enough times in the first couple of weeks and then rewrite a whole service to make it beautiful, like, yeah, I guess we're going to give you a greatly exceeds expectations, but somehow, like, like let, let's put, what, if McLaren rocked up with, like, their Silverstone car at the start of the year, it probably would be greatly exceeds. Yes. But because they, like, pivoted mid-season, and brought a rocket ship somehow. Now we're talking about them as greatly exceeds expectations. This is the paradox of performance reviews, and you see it a lot uh, at my employer, or you, sh- you used to, which is you would be rewarded handsomely for pulling it out of the fire, ignoring the fact that you had, in fact, put it in the fire in the first place. Yeah. And everybody somehow had collective amnesia and forgot that part. Yeah. And I think that's that, that's the McLaren problem here, but it really was a pretty good turnaround, so... Yeah, that that was also, like, that's that's the classic, like, your employer, everybody's employer of, like, I'm going to start this fire and then fix the fire and then be lorded for how well I fixed the fire I started. Ah, there's a management book in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't start the fire. How to bullshit your way to the top. Exactly. With a forward by Billy Joel. Aston Martin. Uh, I had them as exceeds expectations. You know, they, were, they weren't really I, anywhere in 2022, and here they are battling for podiums. For five races? They uh, they had a podium in, like, every, like, major chunk of the season. Well, so one of those was through pure luck, at least. Sure. Uh, so it was, what, third, 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 fourth, third, second, seventh. There we go. Second, fifth, seventh, ninth, fifth, second, ninth, fifteenth. 8th, 6th, 7th, 17th, 3rd, 5-7. That, that, that's, that first, I think he said it was 7th, I think. That's uh, when they dropped off. That's when they, that's for me why they go. And it was 6th, it was I misspoke. 
six. That's where it drops from exceeding expectations because absolutely they did, and they they set the expectations at the beginning of that seat by doing those first six races or whatever it was in you know great performance. It was amazing. It was fantastic. I was so excited for Fernando to to do Fernando things, but then it all drops after that, and they missed those expectations. In the year, they raised expectations, and then for reasons that we do not understand, and I don't think they do either, they lost it. And I'm sorry, that's, that's, I'm sorry, that, that's meets some expectations. That's you, not exceed expectations. You know, that, that's right. That, that's the opposite equivalent of you built this great thing, and then you let it on fire. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and it's like, you showed us what you could achieve. You showed us your brilliantness, and then you just, just lost the plot. I'm sorry, that's meets some. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ferrari. This is my favorite one to talk about. Because this is because there are two very good rationales for Ferrari. One is meets all, as in they are the Ferrari we expected them to be. They made poor strategy calls. They built a fast car for one lap, and they had some decent drives and some decent races. Got some pole positions. And then there's also does not meet any expectations because this is Scuderia Ferrari. You are your whole reason of existing is to be in Formula One, and you build a crap car that can't even win a damn race. And beyond that, your team can't even rally around your drivers to give them the best opportunity that they could possibly have. Yeah, your strategy's terrible. Your car's terrible. It's not good. It's not good. Yeah, this is for me as a strong does not meet along all axes. It doesn't... On top of that, they set... I don't know, I'm talking about last year, but they had high expectations last year. They were a, they were a top performer last year. I would have given them greatly exceeded expectations last year. But they, they came into this year and it's all for naught. All for naught. Ah, but remember, last year's performance does not uh, weigh in on this year's performance. I know. Yeah. I know. So. <laughs> Alfa Romeo slash Alfa Tori? I mean, we can just rate the Alphas the same. They met most. They had some good yep. races. They had some bad races. Yep. For yep. Italian teams with middling budgets, they did fine. Yep. <laughs> Mercedes? I said meet some. Anytime you mm-hmm. abandon your design in the middle of the season and then say that for the next season's car, you're just... You're essentially you're doing a whole rewrite on the thing you worked so hard on for your on this performance review. No, that, that's not good. You, we, you can't you can't roll out a service expecting it to be a good service and then say, well, we we found a good patch for it, but we're just really gonna have to do a whole rewrite. And you really hope that rewrite's gonna get you and exceeds expectations next year because oh, you did a good job rewriting. It could, but it might not. Some of us will remember that you put it in the fire last year. And you'll hope that by fixing it in the next year's review cycle, I'm still going to remember that. I'm still trying to figure out if this episode is cathartic for me or not after that little rant. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll, find, we'll find, <laughs> tune in next review season and find out. Uh, Alpine? Uh, met some. I mean, didn't they start the season with Otmar? Didn't they fire him mid-season? They fired him before the season started. Are you sure about that? I, I'm, actually, it might have been during... Pre-season testing, he got fired. Uh, he left in. Oh, he left Alpine after the 2023 Belgian Grand Prix. Oh, it was it was that. No, oh, I remember it now. I remember the surprise of like at the the press conference day, and they fired him in the middle of the Grand Prix. Yes, I remember that. It was very confusing. Yes, I I, I take that back. Yes, uh, that, that that team is a dumpster fire. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm pretty sure it was on the pit wall during uh, the Australia disaster. Oh yeah, yes, yes, I'd forgotten about that. It's it shows you that Alpine is just nothing. Everybody forgets about yeah. them. And it, but it's, but it's they bad. did bring uh, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McAhenney on board. So will you get some points back there? I am looking for the uh, 
Welcome to Endstone uh, documentary. One could only hope. Yeah. Has? Does not meet. No, they, they completely missed. I don't know what to say about Hass. Like, I want them to do somewhat well, but they seem unwilling to want to do somewhat well. Yeah, I feel like they struggle with investment. I, I, I As much as I we, we, we ragged on... Um, oh, it's a cute puppy. Sorry, I'll cut that. <clears throat> as much as we ragged on Hulkenberg and K-Mag for not doing a great job, I don't think they'd be given a great car, and I feel the team struggles to invest. And I, 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 I don't quite follow where that investment's supposed to come from, especially as they have a design office in Maranello in the same building as Ferrari. I heard a suspicion or saw a suspicion that essentially they are content using as many off-the-shelf parts as they can, skimping on design, buying cheap, using cheap drivers, and essentially just being in the show and breaking at least somewhat even by just never spending any money. But what's the purpose? Why do that? Because Gene Haas wants some more money? So that's surely incremental. Like, the t- time and energy spent in putting into the Haas team, he could just put into selling more CNC machine debt. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's, very, it's, very tr- it's very interesting, because I feel like I like their scrappy attitude and all the things that you talked about, but they just they need to find that step to take them from flapping around at the bottom to being actually able to compete. I think that is one team that needs to actually decide if they really want to be in Formula One. Yes. Because, like, as much as we can talk about Alpine as, like, a team, or hell, even Alpha Tauri for, like, so many years, like, back for even then when they were Minotti, of, like, do, they, they actually feel like they want to be there because, like, it all came worth it for them on that day when, like, Sebastian Vettel won in Italy. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you could see how much that meant to everybody who had been there, like, since the Minotti days and everything else. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I don't ever think we feel that from Haas. No, I, I agree. I agree. There's, there is there is that je ne sais quoi missing from the perspective of... Let me take a step back. Alfa Tori, and to a certain extent I think Alfa Romeo, and Williams, know that they are a long way from being able to win. But they really, really, really want to win. Like, it's in their DNA that they really want to do that. Yeah, I mean, this is the, the old Williams team, this is Salba, this is Minotti. Exactly. But Haas don't feel like they want to win they 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 want to be in the midfield because that labels them to balance the books like they're not going to turn down a win if it lands on their plate but that's not like they don't have this soulful aspect of them fighting for it right and that's why they're a does not meet and are going to be on the performance improvement plan and might be on their way out if they don't change their ways in, indeed indeed we could they they could be replaced by andretti i mean i i think honestly if if Liberty Media somehow blocks uh, Andretti's entry into Formula One, the next best thing that Andretti could do is buy Haas. Yes, I still think that is definitely on the cards. Uh, either that or Alpine. I could see that. Uh, so that's all the performance rules for the drivers and the teams. As always, we're waiting for your feedback, even about these special episodes. Write into feedback at Tinfoil Helmets and let us know your conspiracy theories, your feedback and your wants. And remember to tell your friends to like, listen, rate and subscribe, and find us on the social medias at Tinfall Helmets. Okay, that's good, because I also have a very hungry dog here who uh, is annoyed at the time of day, and uh, I'm doing a podcast instead of feeding her. I'm looking at a puppy right now, and it's adorable. <laughs>